just because you're learning Chinese doesn't mean it has to be like original Chinese content, I think. But it most important is that it's something that you're interested in. You actually want to read it. Welcome to the Diapaths Podcast, where I had to step outside of a loud, fun, energetic cafe in order to make this introduction. <laughs> what do we do on the Diapaths Podcast? We scratch your cultural curiosity itch one to the time. Usually, pre-Napod Pomo, we have shows about books, language, the internet, podcasting, and coffee. But this month, for the month of November, we're posting every single day, specifically just on the language show. We'll be back to our regular crazy programming on December 1st, but I hope you stick around and listen to what is left of the next few language-specific episodes. Today, I have Pascal with us, who has French and German as his first languages and acquired Mandarin Chinese when he was in China for an internship. And I'll let him tell his exact story of how he went about learning the language. But I want to thank him profusely for doing this asynchronous conversation like so many of the other ones. This was done via WeChat and dragged over into this file via the app of truth, the called Exporter. I'll put it down in the show notes for you. It was the best $2.99 US dollars I have ever spent. The sound quality is ridiculous for a phone recorded message. So this is done asynchronously. I did record my questions here and then he answered them. And so we'll go back and forth between him and I. And Pascal has also said that he will gladly come back in 2020 for a fuller interview about his language journey. So hurrah to many episodes turning into longer conversations. <laughs> What do you read in Mandarin Chinese and how long have you been reading in Chinese? The most relevant for me personally, I think from maybe around 2012 to today, uh, would still be just chatting with Chinese friends. It started using QQ on the computer and now, of course, it's uh, mainly in WeChat. I would say it was a, a gradual progression. Like in 2012, I did an internship in China. That's when I first went there and uh, my with my first Chinese friends I would just be on my laptop and using QQ and first only using English but over time would use more and more Chinese words and then later when I had a smartphone of course and WeChat came along until now I basically only use WeChat and now with my Chinese friends, most of them, I pretty much only use Chinese to go back and forth. So this is like micro reading, maybe like you only read a few messages at a time. Um, but still, it's pretty useful. And uh, you're talking to your friends. So it's interesting. So I think that's like one of the most relevant like reading experiences so far. Also, what I like about chatting and uh, in comparison to just talking, uh, you have more time you can stop and use the dictionary and especially on the laptop i used to just copy and paste whatever they wrote into the dictionary and uh, i think that that used to confuse them because on their side they just saw that i was replying in chinese and they think oh my chinese is already so good but of course i was just quickly copying and pasting and and guessing uh, whatever the, what they were writing means. Audio messages in Chinese on WeChat would be much harder because I cannot copy and paste them to my dictionary, which is mainly Pleco, which you have mentioned on your podcast a few times, I've heard. For anyone who doesn't know, Pleco is the app, the dictionary to use, most important tool, I think, <laughs> for Chinese learning. 
But I also did some uh, longer reading, like uh, novels. Like that, that was always my goal um, at some point to be able to read a book, like a novel in Chinese. So far, I'm, I don't know if I'm quite there yet. But because I know from, for example, from learning English, I think that was one of the most important things, just reading a lot, reading books. And uh, so I think first book I actually read, like from start to finish, was uh, The Little Prince, which is not a Chinese book, but I read it in Chinese and I had read it before. So I already knew the story. And... Um, so I think that's also like a, a point because uh, just because you're learning Chinese doesn't mean it has to be like original Chinese content, I think. But it most important is that it's something that you're interested in. You actually want to read it. I read it on uh, Kindle as an ebook, which had the advantage again that I could just click on the words and it has a built in dictionary and uh, I could quickly check up the words and, and didn't have to, to go back and forth with a dictionary on my phone. My favorite reading experience, I think, would be reading all of the Dragon Ball mangas in Chinese. Uh, it's like 42 like books normally. And again, I had read them before in French, like German and French are my mother tongues. And so and I really love them. So I wanted to read them again at some point anyway. And I thought, well, I'm learning Chinese, so why not try reading them in Chinese? And that's what I did. The way I would do that is there used to be a thing, or maybe it's still there, like QQ Comics. There used to be an app and you could like read a lot of comics online. And so it mainly it would be on my phone using uh, QQ Comics and Pleco. So I would pretty much like look one, uh, like read one page try to read whatever I can read. And if there's a character, I don't know. <laughs> I would have to switch to Pleco, try to remember it and use the handwriting feature to uh, check the word, which was a good training too for, for handwriting, I guess, for remembering the characters. I think that was what ruined my home button on my Samsung phone, like uh, <laughs> from going back and forth between the apps. At some point, it just didn't work properly anymore and I had to get a new phone. But anyway, what I also did from the beginning in Pleco, you can save flashcards. I, I never really like used flashcards a lot to, to practice, but I, I thought I will just save any unknown word that I don't know, like for Dragon Ball. And uh, then at the end, I, I, I see how many words it is that I, that I sort of learned or they were new. And I think it was like, I don't know, over 3,500 new words. And uh, yeah, it was just to have an overview. <laughs> of course, because it's a comic, sometimes you have like a page or a few pages where there are no words at all, or sometimes it just sounds like ah and oh, and, and the words will repeat a lot. So uh, of course, like 42 books, like is not as much as it first seems. I also bought another comic in paper form. I thought maybe that would be good because then I can use the Pleco at the same time, uh, which was a Tintin comic, which I already knew from before. I knew the story, but I'm still like, I don't know, uh, one third through because um, I really have to say smartphones are really convenient um, because I could read the Dragon Ball comics wherever I was. It doesn't matter. Now with the comic I have, it's at home. I, I don't take it with me all the time, of course, so it takes much longer. And also I cannot zoom in and it's really small. 
I find that often Chinese characters are really small. What seems pretty popular with a lot of people learning Chinese is to read the Harry Potter books. And I also wanted to do that on my Kindle, but the ebook I had had so many mistakes that I, I just thought I would not really be learning like the correct words from it. Are you learning Chinese but finding it hard to understand what everyday people are talking about? <laughs> I've been there. Hi, I'm Josh Ogden Davis, host of the Mandarin Slang Guide podcast. When I started teaching myself Chinese 10 years ago, I was frustrated by how all the best and most interesting Chinese words were not in my textbook. That's why I made Mandarin Slang Guide. Each week, I host different Chinese guests from different walks of life to talk not only about the slang they use in their lives and work, but also about their personal stories. I've talked with a business leader, a famous podcaster, and a queer filmmaker and activist, among others. I've learned so much from doing the show, and I hope that you can come and learn with me. Just search Mandarin Slang Guide wherever podcasts are found. Mandarin Slang Guide, MSG, the Chinese learning podcast that tastes great and probably isn't all that bad for you. See you there. Another area where reading is quite important is if you want to do an HSK test. That's the Chinese level uh, test, like from HSK 1, which is the lowest, to HSK 6, which is the highest. I mean, the HSK 1 and 2, I think they have only pinyin, so you don't need the, the hanzi, the Chinese characters yet. But starting from HSK 3, I think it's, uh, it's already with the characters. I've done the HSK 4 and 5, and... I did a lot of those practice tests, which you can do for free online. And for them, without reading, you will not really get too far. Because if you cannot read the question or the, the answers, then, I mean, even if your listening is perfect, you don't really know what you're answering. I have found for myself, at least, because I think I'm more visually oriented or visual learner, that just by listening to someone, if, if I don't know a word, I will really have a hard time to figure out like the pinyin, like what, what word it actually is, how to pronounce it. But by reading it and uh, checking the dictionary and seeing the pinyin, I'm normally able to remember it much easier. What are your most challenging and or most enjoyable language difference moments? I have two examples. Uh, one was before there was WeChat Pay or Alipay as today, like I would use online banking a lot to make transfers. And of course, everything is usually in Chinese and uh, some of the websites, for some reason, the, the buttons of some text, they will, they will not have text, but they put it in an image. So you cannot even copy paste it. So first it took a while to figure out what each button means and if I'm on correct page, etc. And and then, of course, once you make the actual transfer, you usually have like maybe 45 seconds to enter all the phone codes and whatever. And that was pretty stressful. And finally, one of the most enjoyable things in learning Chinese is uh, learning Chinese songs. And uh, I like to play the guitar and sing. So um, I don't mean just sing along or, or karaoke that too. But but uh, I learned like, I don't know, uh, maybe there are four or five songs that I learned to play and sing. 
and maybe a few more that I could sing along in, in karaoke or KTV in China. I started quite early on, actually, in the first year I was in China. So what I first did before I could really read that well or, or my Chinese wasn't that good yet, but I would just find the lyrics and put them like in Google Translate or whatever to have the pinyin. And then I would just save the pinyin on my Evernote and then read it along while listening to the song. And I guess pretty much just learn by heart, like, the phonetics of the song without really meaning what they're singing about but that worked pretty much and it confused the Chinese people at karaoke because I was looking on my phone and not on the subtitles on the screen and they were like how can he sing without reading the subtitles most of the songs I learned were by the Taiwanese band Wu Yuetian which means a Mayday their English name uh, just because that was one of the first bands I got introduced to I think my favorite song or the, the most challenging one is a song called Oh My God you can guess what that means because it's quite fast and upbeat and I thought that's a song that probably even native Chinese speakers might have a hard time singing because it's a bit of a tongue twister at times so I thought if I could put that off that would be cool and uh, so that took a while but it worked out and I'm lucky that I got a, a good video uh, out of it too someone filmed it once at the university that was like a competition of sorts and I have a video on YouTube you can share the link if you want ain't it sad that you've never seen just how beautiful life can be if I had to make a call, I'd say you never seen yourself at all. Just a flaw here and a flaw there when you're standing in your underwear. Girl, you don't have to buy anything. Confidence has always been free. Some sweet perfume That's why I'm here If you so choose To lose nah, 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 Your body blues Your body blooms <laughs> 